Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called to them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, the Feast of Andrew is a great opportunity for us to focus openly on his life and to see what we can learn from him as disciples of Jesus. When we examine today's reading and what the church tradition reveals about Andrew's life, we are able to learn a lot about how to follow the Lord more faithfully and help others to come to follow him also. Andrew was someone who hungered for the Messiah. He longed for him. Andrew was a disciple of John the Baptist who was preparing the way for the Messiah. And so, and, and as soon as John, the precursor, pointed to Jesus and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, he takes away the sin of the world, Andrew immediately sought to follow Jesus along with another disciple of of, who, uh, of, of the Baptist who was almost certainly the man who would become Sir John the, the Evangelist. The one who would write down the details of the encounter for all of us in, the, in his first chapter of his first gospel. So these two blokes were absolutely lousy private investigators because even though they were tailing Jesus from a distance, he heard them. And he turned and said, what do you seek? In their nervousness, they blurted out, where are you staying? Now, Jesus invited them into a dialogue. He invited them into a relationship by saying, come and see. Because it was approaching sunset on the Sabbath. And so great was the first impression of that first encounter with Jesus that John in his gospel, noted the precise time. It was about 4 p.m., he says. And so they spent the next 26 hours with Jesus. So that was a life-changing day. The second thing we learn from Andrew is about how the Lord wants to use us as new John the Baptists to facilitate the call of others. As soon as Andrew and John were able to travel again after the completion of the Sabbath, Andrew ran to his brother Simon and announced, We have found the Messiah. His realized desire led him to bring others to have their same desires fulfilled. He brought his own brother to Jesus because he wanted his brother to experience this same joy. When Simon came to Andrew to meet Jesus, Jesus said something extraordinary. You are Simon, son of Jonah. You will be called Cephas or Peter from the 
Greek word for rock. So little did Andrew know what Jesus' plans would be for his brother. That Peter's faith and all who exhibit such faith would become the rock on which Jesus would build his church. And that such a faith would gain the keys of the kingdom. And all Andrew did was bring Simon to Jesus and Jesus did the rest. Likewise, we never know when we bring others to Jesus what he will do with them. They may become the next great saint. They may become the future evangelist. What we need to concentrate on is simply sharing the joy of our encounter with Christ with others. And so here's the big idea. We need to remember Christ has come into the world for them as well. Andrew's introduction of Peter to Jesus, the Messiah, is not the only time he facilitated an encounter with Jesus. Later on, when Jesus had been teaching the vast crowd for hours, it was getting dark and people had no food. And some of the disciples uh, encouraged Jesus to dismiss the crowd so that they could go and get something to eat, saying that not even 200 days wages would be enough to feed the multitude of 5,000 men, not counting the women and the children present. After Jesus told the disciples to give the crowd something to eat, Andrew brought a young boy to Jesus who had five dinner rolls and two small fish. Jesus took these, this measly gift, thanking the Father for them and miraculously multiplying them in a way that not only fed the crowd to their satisfaction, but the disciples had to gather up 12 wicker baskets of leftovers. A tangible reminder of each, for each of the 12 disciples that what Jesus can do when you bring others and their gifts to him. We too should learn that lesson. When we bring others to Jesus, when we get them generously to entrust whatever they have to give him, Jesus can multiply those offerings and do tremendous things. So the third time Andrew did this matchmaking thing was with a bunch of Greeks who came saying, we wish to see Jesus. Philip brought them to Andrew and then Andrew brought, took them to Jesus. And soon as Jesus got word, he yells out, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. So Jesus immediately shifts gears towards the fulfillment of his messianic long-awaited mission as a grain of wheat falling to the ground and dying to bear fruit for our salvation. Little did Andrew know that when he was bringing these Greeks to meet Jesus, that he would be fulfilling the prophecy announced through Daniel, the prophecy that was announced through Ezekiel, through Isaiah and Jeremiah, that God's light would be brought to all the nations. Andrew just brought them and the rest, we can say, was salvific history. Likewise, we never know what the next, stage, next stages are in the history of salvation for those who we encounter, of, or of the whole world for that fact. We just try to bring people to Jesus. And so Andrew teaches us, in order to do this well, we have to be humble. 
One of the things I appreciate from the gospel reading about Andrew is that he never complained that of the four called from their boat in Capernaum, Peter, James, John and Andrew, it was only the first three who were the closest to Jesus at the major moments of his life. Those, who, those were the three closest disciples who went with him uh, uh, when he healed the daughter of Jairus, who were with him when Jesus uh, was, at his, was at the transfiguration. Those three were at the transfiguration. And when Jesus wanted someone to accompany him to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane, it was those three. It could have been easy for Andrew to say, if he put his feelings first, if he put his ambitions first, if he put himself first, it was easy for him to say, well, what about me, Jesus? But he didn't. It was about Jesus and it wasn't about him. Likewise, as we see, we see on a, a couple of occasions in the gospel, there were disciples who were more walls than they were bridges. They tried to prevent children from coming to Jesus. They tried to shoo away a Syro-Phoenician woman courageously pestering Jesus to heal, his, heal her daughter. Andrew was the opposite. He was someone who was always taking people to Jesus. And we all have a lot to learn and emulate in that. Today on his feast... We can ponder our own calling to follow Christ and our own mission to help others to meet Christ. Throughout the centuries, Andrew has been called by our Orthodox Greek brothers and sisters the Protoclete because he was the first one called. But in many ways, he was also the Proto-Apostle. We are not the first called, but just as much as Andrew was called, so we have been summonsed as well. And just as much as Andrew responded to that encounter by bringing others to Christ, so we are sent out at the end of the Mass to seek to bring others that, to that encounter between Christ and others. We're sent out, we're commanded. And now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do, to love and to serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. Christ seeks to make us fishermen of men, just as he made Andrew. The Apostle Paul's words are as relevant today as when he wrote them to the Roman church. How can they call upon him whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone to preach? And how can people preach unless they are sent? Christ sends us too. Because when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, we can't help but share him. The Apostle Paul tells us, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And when we really believe in the core of our being, we cannot resist Ourselves, We cannot restrain ourselves from confessing with our mouths. And this is something that St. Andrew did to the very end of his life. We do not have any surviving letters from him. We do not have any of his homilies. But we do have an ancient account of his martyrdom. 
in which we can see the way he died. And from that, we can conclude how he lived as well. History tells us that he died on an X cross in northern Greece. It took him 38 hours to die on that X cross. And during those two days, he preached incessantly to the people watching. In crucifixion, people don't die because of the agony of pain, but because they can't breathe. The crucified person needs to move their whole body to open up their lungs to get enough oxygen into their lungs. Eventually, their strength runs out, which takes anywhere between two hours and two days, depending on how much they have been tortured beforehand. And they would die by asphyxiation. I can't say that word. You know what I'm talking about. They die because they can't breathe. We can only imagine how difficult it must have been for Andrew to preach under those circumstances when he could barely get enough oxygen to stay alive let alone preach and speak he preached the gospel not just with words but by his life at the, at the very end he did it with his death this ultimate witness on the cross his two day long martyrdom shows us quite clearly how much He was dying to bring the gospel to others. A a truth this, this evening worth living for until the very end and a truth worth dying for. So the best way we can live out these mysteries is here at the Lord's table. This is the same Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world who Andrew followed and John the Baptist signalled. This is the same Jesus who in Andrew's company during the Last Supper took bread and wine into his hands and said, do this in memory of me. Andrew not only celebrated the Mass but duplicated and emulated Christ's self-giving love all the way until the end. And so today... May we be strengthened by the same Lord Jesus to believe in him fully in our hearts. May we announce him with our lips. May we follow him wholeheartedly. May we, like Andrew, bring others to Jesus in such a way that others may bless our feet. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And say about us, in centuries to come, if, the, if Jesus should tarry, their message went out throughout all the earth. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, there are multitudes of souls in the world today that remain dead in their trespasses and sins. Thank you that you have given us all we need for life and godliness. We ask that you would use us to share the good news of Christ with others and pray that you would send more labourers into the harvest fields of the world to bring many souls to a saving faith in Jesus. In whose name we pray. Amen.